0: Well, Happy New Year! This is the energetic crew. We were, we were wondering how the weather was going to affect the morning. Uh, this is the crew that probably went to the gym this morning, January 2nd, ate a fruit cup on the way in, whatever. Um, maybe you're more like me, and, and you said, you know what, I know the, the first is on a Saturday, but Saturdays aren't good for starting new rhythms. You, you really, you really want to start on a Monday, Right, so you don't want to get ahead of yourselves uh, in doing that. But I, um, we're glad that you're here. My name is Jake McCarley. I'm one of the elders here at the Parks Church, and uh, I, I love the new year. I, I, in particular, I really like uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's. I just love, really love the time of reflection and recalibration and thinking about uh, what the Lord has done in my life and, and what the Lord is is doing, and uh, just what my rhythms are. Are my rhythms in alignment with? someone who follows Jesus. And, and from a church standpoint, that's uh, one of the things we also love to do from a rhythm standpoint, is just to uh, to take a moment to step back. The, the Scriptures call us to do that and reflect on, on our rhythms and on our mission. Are we on mission? Is, is what we're doing in alignment with what uh, Jesus calls us to? And uh, what is that mission? Um, Jesus actually lays this out over the course of, of His ministry, but oftentimes when we're talking about the mission of the church, we uh, go to Matthew twenty-eight, right? Which is to when Jesus is ascending, this this scene at the end of his ministry here, and he says, "What? Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples is uh, his call." And over the past couple of years, we've we've really felt the Spirit uh, calling us into uh, a time of diving deeper into what that really means, and 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 more. More so than what it means, like what would it look like to, to live into that? What would it look like for a group of people uh, who live into the mission of, of being disciples and making disciples? And so over the next uh, four weeks or so during the month of January, we're going to step back from our study of Hebrews and we're going to look at this. What does it mean to be and to make uh, disciples, different elements of that? And today I want to spend a little bit of time on a foundation for that. So, what is a disciple? What does it mean to uh, to be a disciple? To make a disciple, um, so that we can build on that um, over the next couple of weeks. And I'm going to spend time at a a, you know thirty thousand foot. Uh, level. A couple of years ago, uh, the team went through a four-week... So I'm going st- to cover in 20 minutes what we spent a whole month doing back in 2020. So I, I would encourage you this week, if you have time, uh, go back and listen to those messages from 2020 uh, when the team kind of walked through really, really a- to a deep level what it means to be a disciple and just the cultural elements of discipleship uh, back when Jesus um, was walking the earth. And so I'm going to spend a little bit of time on that this morning just as a baseline for us. Okay, so if you were in uh, first century Jerusalem, um, if you were hanging out at the synagogue in in Capernaum and Jesus uh, walked into your world, you would most likely look at him as a teacher, as a rabbi uh, is the Jewish word for a teacher. For most of of Jesus's earthly ministry, ministry, that's how the world knew him. And for actually most of the disciples' time with him, that's how they viewed him. Now, we know him as our savior and as messiah and as king of kings and all of these things uh, that came later but for most of his his life he was known as as teacher in fact in the in the new testament over 60 times two thirds of the times that he's being addressed he's referred to as a teacher and he traveled around uh, with his yoke you guys have heard that that verse my yoke is easy this this body of teachings and an invitation. And so I want to look at that uh, invitation today because it's key to us understanding uh, what discipleship uh, and what being a disciple is. And we're going to go to Mark to do that. Now, I'm going to cover a lot of different scriptures today. You can follow along with me in your Bible. We're going to have this uh, up here just because we're covering uh, so much today. So, so do what you uh, would like to do. But we're going to start in, in Mark 1 verse 16. Passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets, and they followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boats, mending their nets. And immediately he called them and left them, their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants. And they what? They followed him. Chapter 2, jumping over to verse 13. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose, and he followed him. And on and on throughout Scripture, we we see this continued invitation as Jesus is interacting with people to what? To follow him. And, And as we look at that, that kind of begs the question... Follow him where? Like he wants us to follow him. Follow him where? And answering that question, following him where, is the key to understanding Jesus' role in our life. What place is Jesus going to play in our lives? When he said, follow me, you have to put your first century cap on as as someone who would have understood culturally what that meant. This was not a, a vague invitation. There wasn't up for interpretation. When Jesus said, follow me, the people around him actually understood that what he was saying was he was inviting them into an invitation to apprentice under him, to to follow him um, everywhere, to be part of his, uh, this Jewish word called talmudim, to be a a disciple of his. And so they understood it to be this all-in invitation to be with him, to become like him, and to do what he did. The word disciple is used 260 times in the New Testament. And so we can't overlook this. The word Christian, by the way, is used three times. Uh, and a couple of them are disparaging remarks, right? And so disciple is really what we're, what we're looking at. And, and we have to wrap our heads around uh, the fact that this, this can't mean something different for us than it meant for them. When Jesus says, follow me, it can't mean something different for us than it meant uh, for them. We don't get to redefine what discipleship means. I like how Dallas Willard uh, kind of frames this, this up, and I'll go to that, that quote. Many people think of Jesus as our Savior, as the one who will get us into heaven. So the question often is, have I accepted Jesus as my Savior? But we never ask the question, have I accepted Jesus as my teacher? With the disciples, it began there, they began by accepting him as their teacher and then accepting him as their savior, which included, of course, their eternal destiny, was a natural outflow of that. But they started with Jesus as their teacher because we all have to learn how to live. And so the call and the invitation is really not to become um, a believer, although that, that is the starting point for following Jesus. The, the call is to be and to make Disciples. Disciples who are with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and who do what Jesus did. And and we've used this phrase uh, historically, whole life disciples being transformed by the way of Jesus. If you've been here for any amount of time, that's kind of how we uh, talk about uh, what we're trying to do. But what does that mean? This follow him where a question, to be with Jesus, to be like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. And so I want to spend a little bit of time walking through each one of those things before we get into uh, some more practical elements that we can, that we can live into. So to, to be with Jesus, the invitation to follow him is, is primarily an invitation to be with him. Nothing else happens apart from being with Jesus. Everything else flows from that. A first century disciple would have understood that, Um, In fact, there's this this kind of blessing uh, in the Jewish culture that that goes uh, to be covered in the dust of your rabbi, which meant that that you were following your teacher around everywhere so closely that you're covered in the dust from him walking uh, down uh, the road. So it was from being with their rabbi that they would have uh, started to become like them and started to take on the mantle of doing what they did. And and Jesus goes at great lengths to explain this being with him, uh, in john fifteen and it 's a, a longer verse, so if you want to turn there and, and read this with me, this is kind of the foundational element as, as Jesus uh, gives us uh, the starting point here john fifteen we 're going to do one through ten okay I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. This is the gospel. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Now abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that you may be full of joy. One guess as to the theme of of this passage. Abide, yes. Uh, If you're not familiar with that word, another way to say it is to remain or to to live with, This, this concept of being um, with Jesus. And it's this beautiful picture in verse 3 of the gospel creating this way to, to be with Jesus, uh, to abide with him, um, is uh, the starting point uh, for us. But we aren't in first century Palestine with with the disciples walking around with Jesus uh, from town to town. And so how does, that, how does that translate to us? How does that happen today? And, it, and if you have time this week, go back and look at John 14, where Jesus is introducing the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and this is how we are with Jesus. So primarily, uh, the first and primary goal then is is learning to live with and in awareness of the Holy Spirit. This is the starting point with this invitation to be with me. Paul calls this praying without ceasing, if you remember that from from one of his his letters. But but we don't wake up and say, abide, and, and that just starts to happen, right? It takes the Spirit moving, and it requires our participation in that. That's an invitation to participate. And we're going to get into that a little bit more in a minute, but but I think we can all wrap our heads around, like, the you can't really love and learn from someone that you're not with, right? We have to be with Jesus if we're going to um, learn from Him and to become like Him. And so, becoming like Jesus, we're going to look at a parable from Luke, Luke 6. So we, we are with Jesus. Our goal is to be with Jesus' disciples and then to become like him. And we're going to look at Luke six thirty nine 39 uh, through 40. I'm actually going to read it off the screen. It's the shortest parable, I think, that Jesus ever did. It's, it's two lines, and, and it goes like this. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Typically, when Jesus uses the word blind man, he's talking about the Pharisees here, right? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. I love this because it's simple. Like some of Jesus's parables, they're like, oh, man, it kind of takes some uh, some time to work through that. This one is very straightforward. When we're thinking about what does it look like to be uh, to be like Jesus, uh, and I want to just break this down. If you if you're into like exegesis, this is like exegesis paradise because it says it explicitly. Um, what we're supposed to do, right? And so um, starting off, we see that the goal of the disciple is to what? Be like our teacher, right? That's primarily what the goal is. We also see that it takes training to do that, right? It doesn't just naturally happen to, to fall into being a disciple of Jesus. We also see that there's such a thing as fully trained, which means what? that there's just such a thing as, as partially trained, that there are stages to this transformation um, with Jesus, and that we see that this happens over time. This, this transformation happens over time. And so what that means for, for all of us is if our goal is to be like our teacher, then, then there are probably some things that, that need to change. Like, I don't know about you, but there are, some, there are still some areas of my life where I'm not exactly like, Jesus, I know that's that's shocking, but there are a few things left to do, um, and so we need to we need to change. And in, in the Bible, to become like Jesus, typically uses the word transformation for this. Sometimes we see the word sanctification, becoming um, like Jesus. We see this in 2 Corinthians uh, three eighteen. This is a familiar verse uh, for everyone, and we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Into the same image, same image being Jesus. We're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So um, most of us would say, Yeah, I, I like that. I, I would like to be transformed. So that sounds great. And so we, we do that uh, by following Jesus and being with him and engaging in his way, in his training. And we start to become like him as he works in us. And then we start to do what he did. So disciple is being with Jesus, is becoming like Jesus, and eventually starting to do what Jesus did. And I want to look at Matthew 10 for this. And I'm purposely pulling from all four Gospels. Uh, we don't usually do this, but uh, I'm pulling from all four Gospels to show you the consistency of what Jesus was talking about. This idea of making disciples, um, he didn't come up with it in Matthew 28. It was this culmination of his ministry here on earth. And he's, this invitation is consistent uh, throughout all of his, his teaching. He's pulling at the same thing. And so let's, let's look at another example of this um, in Matthew uh, chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 5 through 8. These 12, which were, which were the disciples, Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, teach is another way to say that. Proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, give without pay. There it is. The the kingdom is at hand by the spirit. Go and do what I did. Go and do what I'm doing. Come follow me, become disciple makers, and help me usher in the kingdom. That's this invitation. Help me usher in the kingdom of God. Participate in that. He says this um, over and over again, including in in Matthew 28, where he says, Go and make disciples, right? So we see this this over and over. And so uh, the whole point, this, this whole mission that we're on, this invitation to follow uh, Jesus is to be with him and to become like him and to do what he did. Another way to say the same thing is, is, is whole life disciples being transformed by the way of Jesus. But how do we do that? How do we do that? Easy to say, um, but there are some things that um, we need to look at. And, and one of them, because it's the new year, we're going to focus on this one today, uh, to follow Jesus is is we, we must pattern our lives after. Jesus. We must pattern our lives after Jesus. So when when Jesus was teaching, he wasn't just introducing a, a body of ideas. He, he was introducing a way of doing things, a, a way of living. It wasn't just, hey, here's some, here's some good things to study. It was a, a way to live uh, your life. And in, in fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, which was like his main sermon, it begins and ends with these concepts around doing and training, beginning and end, as he introduces this this body of ideas, there was this expectation that we were going to actually uh, follow into that with him and and, and do it like like he did. And I I like how John Mark Comer, John Mark Comer is a teacher and an author, he says it like this, to experience the life of Jesus, we must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Now, he's not saying that you need to become a first century Jewish rabbi, That would be quite difficult. Um, But what he is saying is like Jesus had a a way of doing things. He had um, rhythms in his life as we study him uh, that contributed to how he lives. And and rhythms we know have a really great effect on us. We are all experts at rhythms. We may not know what they are, but we are experts at rhythms. Our lives are constructed um, from rhythms. I don't think I have to, it's the new year, so I don't think I have to spend much time on that. Um, I, I work in the business world. In the business world, we would say things like, we are what we, we, are what we constantly do. Therefore, uh, excellence is not an act, but a habit. Have you guys heard that one? Yeah, that one's kind of lame. So the second one, uh, which actually is in alignment with, with the kind of work that I do and, and, and plays itself out over and over, is your system is perfectly designed to get you the results that you're seeing. Your system is designed, perfectly designed, to get you the results that you're seeing. And ACDC, maybe this is better, uh, ACDC knew the power of rhythms when they penned, it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. right? So they, they understood. <laughs> maybe not. All right. So I'll give you a couple of practical uh, examples. To, take, to, to follow Jesus takes intentionality. Uh, and in practice, it doesn't just happen because we intellectually know what it is. And so I'll give you a couple of, of very practical real-life examples. So if, if we were to walk onto a basketball court, and we walked up to a three-point line, and you handed me a basketball, and you said, take the shot, there's a really good probability that I'm going to make the shot. That's just data, right? That, that's not pride. That's just data. Now, uh, I developed that shot um, over a lifetime of learning how to be a basketball Player. From the time that I could walk, I had a ball in my hand. I watched basketball, trained with basketball, played basketball, had coaches and mentors and all of those things. All the things uh, that that helped me develop into the kind of person who could play basketball and and who could do it uh, decently well. Um, Contrast that with music. Music is something else that I have been around my whole life. I love music. Um, I listen to music every day. And it's it, a wide range, very wide range, from like classical music to Kanye West to, you know, Hillsong or, or whatever, Cutlass, things like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, and so one of my personal rhythms is is I like to have something that I'm working on that, that I haven't done before. And so a couple of months back, I decided, you know, I would like to learn how to play the piano. I think that that would be fun. Uh, I love music, natural, natural extension, and so I set up the piano lesson, and I go to my first piano lesson, and I put my hands on the keys, and what happened? Sound happened. Not music. Sound, right? And it was this stark reminder that knowing a lot about music is not the same thing as being a musician. They're very different. No Freddie Mercury. Right just sound, and so i 'm kind of learning and training and and trying to 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 train into how do you play the piano so i 'm starting with one hand and then two hands and and chords and things like playing jingle bells with the six year olds it 's a very humbling experience, but it 's good right so i 'm not trying to play the piano i wasn 't trying to play that. we 're training into how to do that and and following jesus is is very similar to that right? following Jesus requires our participation, uh, specifically practicing the way of Jesus from a place of abiding with Jesus. That's how we transform. That's how we develop into disciples. So so, how do we, so why don't we spend a little bit of time just on, on practical elements of, of what that looks like, just as kind of a baseline. And we're going to look at different elements throughout the, the month in terms of, you know, what are rhythms and, and disciplines and things like that that can help us as we're becoming whole life disciples. But I just, I want to First, a caveat. So when we talk about rhythms or disciplines or anything in that vein, right? It's called different things. Uh, the disciplines or, or rhythms themselves are not the point. So the, the point is not that you would read your Bible and then check it off your list, right? Or spend some time in silence and solitude and just be like, I did it. You know, like that—that that is not the point. However, rhythms we know have a significant impact on the way that we live. Our, our lives are made up of those, those rhythms, and so we want to have rhythms that, that spur our hearts towards affection for Jesus, and that look like the types of things that Jesus did. Like that's the great thing about having the New Testament is we get to see how Jesus lived, like how he chose to spend his time. And so I want to look at just two elements that we can kind of build upon. Uh, over, the, over the, the next couple of weeks, um, and those are presence and awareness, awareness of the Spirit. And it's been helpful for me, like the, how I think about this. They're kind of bookends that I shape the rest of my, my rhythms around. And presence is the starting point. This is that idea of abiding with Jesus, being with Jesus. And so there's a couple of rhythms that, that really put us in a position uh, to do that. One of them is uh, prayer and reading our Bible, Prayer and read, no shocker there, right? Prayer and reading our Bible are, are critical rhythms that in the life of the believer put us in a position to be with, with Jesus. If this is newer for you, if you're just now starting to follow Jesus, like one of the common things that disciples of Jesus do is, is they do that first thing in the morning. Like if that's not a rhythm for you, maybe that's something for you to consider. Now, before you pick up your phone, I don't have mine on me, uh, no one ever said, you know what stirs my heart for Jesus is I cleared my inbox at 6 a.m. this morning, right? No one ever said that, right? So let's leave, leave. maybe that rhythm for you is leaving your phone to the side uh, before you have uh, time to spend uh, with the Lord. If you've been uh, doing that, maybe a rhythm for you this year could be taking time to listen in prayer. A, a, a lot of times we, we come to prayer with um, our agenda, and we come to prayer with things that we would like to see the Lord do. And by the time we get through with our list, we're off. And as the Lord is beginning to speak, we're gone. Right, and so maybe an idea uh, for you as we're thinking about this is to to listen in prayer, um, reading our Bibles. I, I was going to share some stats from from Barna, which is this research uh, thing that looks at Christians, uh, and I want this to be an uplifting message today. So, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to leave the stats alone and just say we need to be reading our Bibles. We need to be reading our Bibles. That's this. Everything comes from this, and this is one of the primary ways that we are with Jesus is that we are spending time. With the Bibles, and so do that. Do that in the morning if if you've been uh, reading your Bible. A, a way to do that the, the, uh, the Parks has a reading plan. A, a lot of us uh, follow the church's reading plan, which is a, a really great uh, layout of, of reading through the Bible over the course of two years, and it's it's really neat to get to do that together. Um, another habit around uh, reading the Bible, which I would challenge you to do in January, is to get with a group of other believers and read through a whole book together. And and not periodically, like, I mean, get together before dinner and read through the book of Hebrews verbally. Just take turns, one chapter, two chapters, three chapters. And watch what the Lord does as as you read through an entire uh, book of the Bible in community with other believers. So praying and reading scripture uh, habits as we're thinking about the new year, we need to be um, going back and saying, "Do do we have rhythms that are putting us in place to be with Jesus. Um, second is Sabbath. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because a few weeks ago in Hebrews, we looked at Sabbath. I um, would encourage you to go back and, and look at that, but, but consider that this year. If Sabbath is not something that, that is part of your normal rhythm, this is, this is a foundational piece to following Jesus, is taking a day and resting. It's been a part of the story from the very beginning, this, this day of rest, um, and, and it, takes, it's, it could take some time to develop into this, So start where you are with this one. I know for my family, this, this is taking us several years to get into a rhythm that, that really works for us um, in, in a way where we feel like we're actually honoring what the Sabbath is. So if that's new for you, step into that this year. Uh, and then the last one on, on just presence, and I think this is unique for us in our time, is, is silence and solitude. Silence and solitude. Our, our world is, is loud. I don't know if you caught that. But there's everything, so many things vying for our attention. Busyness and noise and loud, and our news feeds are full of unpleasant things. And so silence and solitude gives us this chance to to quiet our minds and to put ourselves in a position to be able to listen to what the Lord has for us. And if that's new for you, then um, starting out with maybe going for a long walk at lunch. Take one of your days a week. Uh, that you do lunch and instead of eating with other people, maybe you go for a walk. If you've uh, been doing silence and solitude, maybe this is the year where you spend some extended time with that. Maybe you take a, a day, maybe you take a, a few days. I know we've had a, a several within our community lately who've kind of taken these longer periods of silence and solitude. And it's just incredible to hear the stories of what the Lord does when we quiet our lives and we quiet our minds and we put ourselves in a position to hear what He has for us. It's too noisy. So silence and solitude, um, those are kind of the three presence-oriented things. And then the kind of the opposite, not opposite, but like the other book to that is, is awareness, is awareness. And, and Kyle introduced some really great questions last week. If you didn't get a chance uh, to, to watch the um, Christmas Eve service, would really recommend you go back and, and do that. There's a, a series of questions that Kyle walks through that are really great for just looking at uh, just an awareness of where we are. And, and what's happening within our our lives. And I just want to pull out two in particular because I, I think uh, that they can be critical to our kind of ongoing relationship with the Lord. The first one is, uh, what have I seen the Lord do this week? And fill that in. What have I seen the Lord do today or this month or, or this year? And I, and I often get the question, Jake, like, I'm, I'm looking for a really deep, meaningful question. And so I give them this question and they're like, no, no, no. I want a deep, meaningful question so that we can have some meaningful dialogue. And I I have to tell you, uh, none of us are going to outgrow this question. This question is so deep and and ties so into how we're living and how we view the world and how we relate to what the Lord is doing in our lives to be able to reflect on what He's doing. So, what is He doing in my life, in your life? Um, man, there's so much to that. So I'd, I would encourage you to use that in your personal life, in your own reflection. Use this in a conversation. Like people come over for dinner. Uh, instead of talking about, you know, whatever, how the week's going, ask specifically, what is the Lord doing in your life? And, and you'll be amazed at where those, those conversations will go. So that, that's kind of looking backwards. What is the Lord doing? The, the question that goes along with that is, what does the Lord want me to do? What is the Lord inviting me into? Now, to answer that question, what do you need? You have to spend time with the Lord to to, to help him shape what the answer to that question is, right? So we're looking at what the Lord is doing, and we're looking at what the Lord is inviting us into as these two kind of counterweights to how we step into a day. And the the, the thing I like about this this second question uh, is it reorients the planning, and it reorients the outcomes towards um, what God is doing versus what I'm doing. Or what you're doing right, what is the Lord inviting me into, not Lord, come into my plan? so this is a really good not question to re-baseline on this, and then the last uh, thing on the awareness piece, uh, which is not really a question it 's more of just a way of doing it, is that these things are done in community. being a disciple of Jesus is done in community, and so as we 're reflecting and, and we 're looking forward and, and seeing what the Lord is inviting us into, uh, these are things that we work out together that 's one of the designs of the community, one of the designs of the, the church is that we would do that together because you don't fall into discipleship to Jesus. That's not something that you just fall into, hey, I'm an apprentice under Jesus. Uh, this comes from a place of abiding with Jesus and then training into it. You, you hear and you do. He says that over and over, hear and do. So we're not Trying really hard we 're setting our our lives up with rhythms that allow us to train into from a place of abiding what Jesus has for us, and then over time he he transforms us so where I want to close uh, we 're going to spend the month looking at at different elements of discipleship, like what it means. To follow Jesus, and as we as we do things like that, the, the inevitable question is, oh man, like where where do I start with with that? Like I have this, and that, where do I start? And, and the answer is always wherever you are, that's where you start. Wherever you are, and uh, if you're new to following Jesus, man, I'm ex- we would be excited to walk with you and, and kind of help you shape out what those rhythms uh, could be. If you've been following Jesus for fifty years, and we have some people uh, who are part of our community, praise the Lord, who've been following Jesus for fifty years. Um, man, yours is going to look different. And Hopefully, we can learn from like how Jesus has has chosen to shape uh, your lives. But the kind of the, tr- the the it's not a secret. But the way that you institute rhythms is, is you start, and then you pick one, and then you have a plan for when that 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 falls apart because it's going to. You're going to be tired. You're, you're going to get you know time will run on. That's why New Year's resolutions, by the way. It's like, I think the average is 28 days is, is what people keep. So you need to have a plan for like, what happens. And the plan, by the way, um, is abiding in, in your community. Abiding in community is, is, is how we continue to train into what Jesus has for us. And, and, and one of the, the way that I've kind of thought about it is, you know, discipleship is, is moving from a place of being uh, experts at rhythms. That's our default. We're experts at them because our, our lives are constructed to like are constructed from rhythms to becoming an expert in rhythms and being aware of how our life and how we're, how our life shape is 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 increasing our affections for jesus or decreasing our affections um, for jesus so spend time uh, this morning this this month that's the invitation that's what we're going to spend some time on spend some time on this like what what does that look like for you what rhythms do you need to to pick up what rhythms do you need to put down that that are in alignment with following with answering this invitation to follow uh, Jesus. One of the things uh, that we're going to do just as a community is is we are going to spend the next three Wednesdays gathering together for worship and prayer, and and it, we're we're calling it seek first because we want to we want to set apart that time. The Bible calls us to do that to set apart some time to say, Lord, what do you have for us? Are, are we seeking first? Uh, the kingdom, or are we we focused on all of these other things. So come come and be a part of that. We're, we're going to do that at six thirty uh, this this Wednesday at the Commons. It's going to be a family service. So we're not going to have any childcare available for this one, but we will for next week's. Now, but come join us. Let's talk about that and pray through that. We're going to be praying through some very specific things as it relates to the communities, it relates to um, whole life discipleships, and aligning our our lives around Jesus. So being with Jesus. Uh, becoming like Jesus, doing what Jesus did, happens over a lifetime. This is something that we're all learning. That the church is not a place where you clean yourself up and you get your your rhythms together and then you come participate. That's not what the church is. The church is a group of broken people who have a teacher, who where we're seeking to be with him and we're seeking to to be like him and to do it. And we do that we do that together. Okay, so that's that's the invitation. Always, uh, and in particular, uh, this month, and I just I love the time that we spend on this. I, I really do because it, every every year, just it's transformational as people step into uh, following Jesus versus just um, you know believing in Him. And so, whole life disciples being transformed by the way of Jesus—that that's kind of the the phrase that that's easy to say, uh, and it's it's somewhat easy to know, like intellectually, what that means. Uh, but uh, the invitation from Jesus to, to kind of use the earlier na- analogy is to put our hands on the keys, to step into that. Okay, so let's let's close. Father, we are we are grateful for the invitation to come under you, to spend time with you, um, to follow you. We, this. We just acknowledge that that invitation came at a really high cost, at the cost of your life. And so we, we thank you for that. We honor you for that. Um, and we just pray that you would stir our affections, that, that we would see you for who you are, that we would hear this invitation to follow you and that we would step into that. That our lives would be marked by... A people who's chasing after you to what Sam said earlier, our, our, our treasure is different. And so as we recalibrate, as we spend time this morning, as we spend time in, in January on where we are and where you have us, I just pray for open hands. I pray for, for open hearts. I pray for, for hardness of, of heart that may be there. That's preventing us from, from moving of a place, from saying, um, yes, I believe into you. Yes, I believe in you. To a place of I want to follow you, and I want you to be Lord of my life, and I want to commit my whole life to being with you and becoming like you, and to doing what you did. To step into this invitation, to see the kingdom come, and to bring glory to our Father. And so we we bring nothing to, to that other than our willingness to participate. We bring nothing and so we, we ask the Spirit um, would we'll just stir stir our affections for you to help us see clearly the way the way of Jesus that it's a it is a way of, of living um, and not just a concept or, or an idea that this this invitation is an invitation to life so we love you we are grateful for your patience with us and and we are excited about um 2022 we've we've seen your faithfulness uh over the past year um, and we trust you and we're excited about where you're moving us as a a community where you're moving us as as families and individuals and we pray that our uh our neighborhoods are changed from that our workplaces are changed from that but ultimately we want to be with you we want to be with you We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.